0: Are you wanting to create a highly prosperous photography business doing what you love? Or maybe you have a great business already and want to up your game. Then you're in the right place. Master Craftsman Photographer Lucy Dumas and her guests are here to support you on your journey. Now here's your hostess and tour guide, Lucy. If we can fall in love with serving people, creating value solving problems, building valuable connections, and doing work that matters, it makes it far more likely we're going to do important work. And that's from Seth Godin. And I want to welcome you to this solo episode of The Profitable Photographer. Um, That quote makes me uh, think about something that happened this week. And if you've listened um, to even a few episodes of my podcast, you'll know that I believe that what we are doing is of immeasurable value. If we're creating photographs that impact people's lives, whether it's family portraits, boudoir, um, executive portraits that help people uh, get more clients, so that they can have their impact in the world, photographs are important and. Uh, this week, I got a call, and it was a woman that said i don't know if you remember me. my name is so and so so and so You photographed my son and I in nineteen ninety five and ninety seven and we would like to uh you know get some more prints and um you know some different things and after we set up an appointment for her to um safely distanced, <laughs> come over and talk about that. Um, she said, Lucy, I have to tell you that the portraits that you created for us and the events, invest- the portraits that you created and the investment that I made in those photographs is honestly the best investment I made in anything in my whole life. And 25 years ago, I was not uh, I was a master photographer, but I was just switching to children's photography and, you know, it probably was good work, not award-winning necessarily, Um, but it just reminded me that what we do, what I've spent my life doing, what I'm coaching people in their lives to create, um, not just the photographs themselves, but the experience. She and I had a nice connection um, I remember having fun. I did remember her. She was one of my favorite clients and um, So, I just want to stand up and cheer for all of us around the world who are committed to what I think is one of the most valuable activities and careers possible and also fun and also creative and also potentially extremely lucrative so um just wanted to share that little story. And it's not about me. It's about uh, the form of what we're doing. Sure, I gave it my all. And um, if it hadn't been fun, she probably wouldn't have valued it as much. But overall, it's just the value of the product that I create and that you create if you're doing photographs for people that you're selling. Okay, so today's episode is going to be about websites. What I feel when you are uh, wanting to be seen as a luxury photographer, as the higher end photographer, my tips are my thoughts on an effective website. And we're also going to touch on things like when do you talk about pricing? Do you put pricing on the website? Do you put starting at all of that? Um, But before I do that, People have said, oh, it feels like I know you, Lucy, because I'm listening to your show. So I just thought on this Sunday morning, um, I would just give you a little insight into how I'm doing in the time of COVID. Um, so thankfully, no one super close to me has had a severe case of COVID. I do have a couple coaching clients that contracted it and uh, they're getting better. Um, I decided during these times to let my gray grow out. (laughs) I always wondered at what age and what way would I just stop? Because, you know, growing out is not fun, and I'm starting to get compliments. (laughs) So it's it's one of my passive but uh, attentive activities. (laughs) Some of you know what I mean. I think we're going to look back on the 2020s as the decade when women started to embrace our beauty naturally and men too. I've seen a lot more uh, stars when I watch um, like late night TV and, and people are being interviewed in their homes. Um, I see some beautiful um, heads of hair that have gone uh, natural. So anyway, (laughs) I know it's not important. But um, it's just what, what's up. Um, and another thing that's happened during this last six months is I helped my great niece deliver her little baby. And um, it was interesting because I was the only one allowed in the hospital, only one allowed to be with her. And they were going to do a test on her first and I was supposed to leave the room for an hour, but uh her that baby was coming and going to be there fast and I told them they would have to arrest me <laughs> that I wasn't going anywhere. So uh that was a little adventure and baby's doing well now at two and a half months old. So anyway, that's a little window into my world. Um I'm getting a little bored with the fact that I can't go play with friends. I live alone. Um, I have great neighbors. I live in a cute little historic community in San Diego, and um, I have a vacation rental, so I get to still make new friends. So, anyway, in case anybody wanted to know what's up with Lucy's life, uh, that—that's some uh, of the basics. So, anywho, all right, on to the topic: websites. So, I think a website has one purpose. As I teach my sales strategy, and uh, if you know or you don't know, I have an online course. It's called the Profitable Photographer Sales Academy, and it's uh, six modules of my step-by-step program on how to do those three to eight wall portrait sales. And um, step one is creating... um, Step one is positioning yourself as the. Step one is positioning yourself as the trusted advisor, and it's all about building a connection and a relationship with people. And for me, I feel it's important to do that before they know pricing, before they know all the details of what to wear and. Uh, products I offer, things like that. My first goal with anything I do is to get a connection, to get them to talk to me on the phone so that I can build that, that um, first of all, that friendly relationship, dig deep with some questions that get them connected uh, to the heart of the subject. So falling a little more in love with the subjects as we're talking about, understanding the custom nature of what I do, getting them to like me and trust me. So for me, a website to, first of all, do a deep search into your brand, into your identity, into um, what makes you unique and why someone would choose you over someone else that is equally good in photography, maybe even better. Um, photographers, we can see the differences between photographer skills the average client as long as it is good they are going to book on many other factors and not finding the most amazing photographer in the world so that being said it is a great idea to do an exploration of all of those things so that you can have um Your logos and your color, the things that you communicate on your website, all of it be cohesive and have a very quick visual impact on someone looking at your website that gives them a good feeling, a positive um, impression, maybe even a wow about your work. Um, I've mentioned this before, but when I work with clients one-on-one, we do a three-layer branding slash identity exploration. One of them is a craft project where you um, get all kinds of magazines with all kinds of variety. You clip out what um, just draws you, attracts you visually, colors, textures, um, fonts, logos, tape it on a board. And then when I look it over, I always see a very consistent theme, both in color, in style. Um, And it's not about photographs you would like to have taken, but it can be anything. So that's step one. And I help people, um, you know, pick some colors and kind of the feeling of um, what they might want their website and their logo design and everything to look like. The other is I do um, um, it's a visualization and we kind of go on a journey to have, have the, We kind of go on a journey to have the coaching client um, kind of identify with the essence of who they are, who they've always been as a person, what their nature is, what the experience is like uh, to be around them. And then I have, and this is fun to do, um, I have them post a question of, can you describe what you like about me in three words? And put that on Facebook. It can be a little, you know, a little scary to do that, but at the same time, um, it's really affirming um, because each of us is so special and unique. And um, when you get that clarity about what makes you you and why people want to hang around you, it's a lot easier to figure out what to put on a website. After you've done all this, Then you can take this material to um, a graphic artist that understands branding or if, so once you have this defined and you've got your colors, you've got some other um, ideas in place, um, a really great graphic artist that has studied branding and know and knows how to communicate visually what your unique Eunice is, (laughs) that's funny word, uniqueness, um, then they can help you get a logo and kind of take that information and make it visual. So step one with a website is to have a, a clear um, identity. It doesn't have to be unique in all the world, but if it feels like you, um, that that is a good start. Now, if you're attracting a luxury market then there are certain tones of colors that communicate expensive. Um, There are certain tones of the same color that make you think this is going to be cheap. If you think about any restaurant from fast food to high end, they all have colors that are intentional for their logo, for their decor. Fast food uses bright colors because as humans, we see that as it's going to be inexpensive. They also want it bright and colorful, so you'll get in and out. Whereas the the luxury food service, things are, um, it may be the same tones. I mean, it may be the same color. So let's say it was McDonald's is red and yellow. So if McDonald's was going to have a gourmet restaurant, they might go burgundy and gold, which is the same basic color, but it's it's much more soothing. You know, they're going to have the lights lower. They're going to, instead of paper, uh, you know, throwaway packaging, they're going to have beautiful china and crystal glasses and tablecloths. So, all of these little things communicate. Um, the mistake I see people make sometimes is first they think about their client and what the client would be attracted to. But I want you to dig deep about the knowledge that people are going to be attracted to you when you communicate um, who you are in a way that is valuable to them and in a way that they understand uh, where you fit in the overall uh, luxury versus economical or anywhere in the middle. Okay. So that's the first thing you want to have it look good. (laughs) Um, So overall purpose of a website So point number two, and I think I already alluded to this, is the overall purpose of a website. What is that? If you are someone who is fairly economical and competing on price is something that is, um, that that's your calling card, that that's why someone would book you is because you're a really good value for what you do, then you're going to... um, Put prices on there. You're going to have links for them to book sessions. Um, You're probably not going to be doing in-person consultations because when you're competing on price, if you want to make a good living, you have to do a lot more sessions. It just goes with the territory. Or you have to have uh, more people photographing and a setup so that you can create a lot of volume. One of my coaching clients has now set up a storefront in a mall. And last month, she had 50 sessions. Her average sale is a thousand on up. So she's giving, she's doing volume. She's not doing one on one consultations. So she's in that middle place. And that is exciting and working for her. Um, Other people, have ten sessions a month, and their average sale is two to five thousand or more. And um, it, you know, it's a whole different approach. Does that make sense? I just heard you all say, "Yeah, that makes sense." Okay, so for me, with a luxury product, I believe that putting pricing on a website of any sense, even if it's starting it, can possibly stop the conversation before it even starts. So when someone is asking uh what are what do you charge or when someone's doing a search and uh they're looking on your website and they're trying to find your pricing that's what they think they want to know. But what they really want to know and I'm going to I'm going to give credit where credit is due this is something my mentor Charles Lewis has been saying for I don't know 25 30 years or more. What people really want to know when they ask about price is, are you the right photographer for me? So if they see, let's say, I just say prices range from X to X, then they may just be like, okay, good to know. Even if I'm in the price range and they're comfortable with this, I think it greatly reduces the opportunity or the the action of them clicking on that contact me, sending me an email Uh, calling me uh, to talk more. So um, that's a reason I don't recommend putting prices on if you are a higher end photographer. Another reason is some of my ideal clients, if it looked like I was too inexpensive, wouldn't book me uh, because they're looking for someone that's going to do high... um, for someone that's going to give an extreme amount of service, that's going to do top quality, that's going to give them a great experience. And if it looks like I'm too low in my pricing, uh, they may judge me on that. Um, so, a story, I um, can't remember specifically what the specialty was, but there was a photographer who um, had been posting some beautiful work in a Facebook group, and I clicked on her website, and I was like, oh my gosh, this woman is amazing. Her branding was beautiful. Her photographs were beautiful. Um, Everything gave me the impression of luxury. And then she had a pricing, um, a little place to look at pricing, and she was super cheap. And that completely deflated the bubble that she had built up in my mind of the quality she offered, it started to create, I'm going to be honest, it created a little doubt that these were even her photographs. I'm sure they were, but, but at first it was like, how can somebody this good be charging that something is not right here. So I don't want potential clients to be stopped by either that it's too high in their mind or it's too low. There are a lot of great, clients that I've had where if they knew what the investment was before we talked, they wouldn't have called me. So, um, yeah, so that's my feeling on that. So number three about the importance of a website. So I know that search engine optimization is important and there are people who do a great job of optimizing our websites so that they show up on the first page. That is, like, that's ideal. Um, however, if someone sees your website and then clicks on it and it doesn't have the visuals in place, it doesn't give a strong impression that you're an amazing photographer and somebody wonderful to work with, then there's no value in being searchable if you're not going to get booked. And I have seen many times where someone hired um hired someone to help the SEO that didn't also have help making the website um, super beautiful. (laughs) And we're photographers, so we need to wow them with the visuals. Um, Yes, lots of words on a website get us found. Too many words in the wrong places, in my opinion, water down the impact of our work. So tip number three to me, tip number three, in my opinion, is yes, make your website SEO friendly, but at the same time, don't overwhelm people with too much to read. In fact, I think it's good to kind of have a lot of words below the fold, if you know what that means, where there are people that aren't going to be reading it. They might see it, but they've already been wowed with what's above the fold. And also too much information on a website, whether you're doing it uh, to up your search engine optimization or because you're feeling like um, you want to tell them that whole experience and so they can understand it. um, That can lead to exhaustion (laughs) and that they're like, whoa, okay, that's a lot of information. Um, I'll get back and I'm going to bookmark this and I'm going to look at it later. Everything I do, everything I suggest is that it's set up so that they are just compelled like like um, you know, one of those uh, chairs that has a spring in it that pushes them out of the chair that they just have to click on contact me and no more. So um, uh, that's another issue sometimes with hiring someone who is wonderful graphically, but isn't a salesperson doesn't understand what makes a website get the phone to ring or get people to fill up the contact form. So um, it's, a, it's a, I don't know, I guess it's a three-legged stool. You want to be found, you want it to be uh, graphically beautiful, and you want it strategic so that people will contact you. Um, Now, that being said, I personally, on my photography website, which is lucydumas.com, Lucy with an I, I don't work hard on search engine optimization. And that may be surprising. Um, And even before I was coaching, I didn't worry about that too much. The reason for that is there are so many photographers photographing babies and kids now that let's say I'm number two or number three and they click on number one, two, three, five, and seven. There's going to be more than half of those that put their prices on the website, particularly photographers who are doing the uh, shoot and share model. And so in the last 10 years, I don't think I've gotten a single booking from being found on the website. Now, I need to have a nice website so that if people hear about me and they look me up, then they go, Ooh, ah, I want to contact her. That's my hope. Um, So I'm just trying to think if I explained that fully and well. Um, So the other thing is if there's too much, um, like if you have a welcome packet that they can click on and page through or even blogs can be a little bit uh, tricky because they can really help get us found. And if you are consistent in posting, then it also can help people see your work, get a sense of who you are, create that know, like, and trust factor. If you put a blog and you only blog three times, and then never again, which is what probably 90% of people do because it is not that easy to blog on a regular basis, then you, um, it actually hurts you because people see that, and if you haven't posted in a year, it doesn't give a great impression. So um, sometimes people will put a blog on their website, but they won't have a tab. So the, the only way they find it is if they... Get in your email and you send a newsletter with a link and say, with a little part of the story, and then do you want to read more? And it clicks over to the blog. But in my understanding, when you do that, um, where the blog is connected to your website, even if it doesn't have a tab, it helps the search engine optimization. Now, I could be wrong on that. So, uh, check with your doctor. (laughs) I mean, check with your SEO person. Um, but if there's too much to read again, we just don't want them so saturated that they, they lose interest. So, um, tip or idea number four, I think that's where I might be, um, is about what photos and how many photos to include. And less is more. Your least Strong image is the one that impacts how people feel about your work. So I love when I go to a website and it's got five to seven big photographs that get scrolled through. Also, I like if I can pause on it so I can enjoy it for a while. And then there are a couple of galleries. This isn't a shopping cart where we show everything we can do for people. But if there's two or three galleries, um, And if you don't have a huge body of work, just one gallery that you call portfolio is more than enough to get people to judge um, the quality of your work. So um, especially when you're doing a portfolio or you're doing little links, like I have a children's gallery, I have uh, couples, I think, and then I have family portraits. And then because my personal work uh, I've won awards with uh, travel and scenic photography. And my positioning is myself as an artist. I do um, have a, a gallery of personal work. Some people say absolutely don't do that. Um, I think it depends on you and your, your work. Um, I don't think it's hurt me. What I do like to caution is um, too many options. And then it's hard for people to kind of know who you are and what you do. So um, simplify, simplify, simplify. Number five, this is more of a personal feeling. I do not care for those websites where you can scroll down and see everything. My eyes kind of get, um, I don't know where to look. I don't stop long enough on the beautiful photographs. Um, That's just my own, you know, personal taste. Um, I... Feel like it's much stronger if it's like reading a book where, okay, here is chapter one homepage. Ooh, yeah, that person looks good. I think I'll go to the portfolio. And then that's really simple. And then, huh, testimonials. Ooh, people like her or him. Um, And then if we're doing a blog, that it's something very simple that I can't spend a lot of time in, but I get a good impression. Um, Contact form. oh, look how nice. She wants me to contact her and, and, um, you know, just something simple. Oh, okay. So I'll get to the about page in a minute, but, and then click about, oh, I feel like I know this person. I want to talk to them more. So that is sort of my simple formula um, for how I like people to travel through my site. Is not just a bunch it all together where you can just keep scrolling. Um, it's kind of psychology of sales, but I'm not. You know, nobody gave me a degree in it, so <laughs> these are these are my opinions. And if if people have told you different, you know, that's all good. I like that expression. Okay, so let's see. Is it would it be five? Yeah. Okay. What to say on the about me page? Nobody cares if you like black coffee or if you got a camera um, in high school, um, what are some of the other things, you know, love Hawaii, things like that. When that first started where I don't know who the first one was that put, um, you know, some of those fun, quirky things about themselves. I remember the first person uh, who I, I remember my first friend that did that and because she is A little out of the box and quirky and fun it fit her brand to say you know I love a good sneeze or (laughs) whatever but then it became the norm so it was no longer uh, like oh look how funny that instead of putting things about me that are photography related they're telling me um, you know that they they love uh, Crocs (laughs) (laughs) shoes or something like that so to me, the power of an about me page is to put some things in it that help me understand as a person that might want to hire you why you would be uniquely qualified or why I would particularly want to work with you. And so if you think about, like, if you're a pet photographer, did you do pet grooming? Did you take a course? Are you a certified uh, animal trainer. Um, did you fall in love with? Or were you a person as a kid that had dogs and cats and rabbits and gerbils and that your pets were your best friend? Why are you a photographer and why are you uh, doing a specialty for me? And of course, don't study my website too much, my <laughs> because everything's always a work in progress and I can probably spiff it up a little bit. Um, (laughs) you know, or don't judge like, wait, she's telling us to do this, but, um, mine could give, mine could get a good review based on my own standards here. (laughs) But basically for me, if I communicate that I am someone who has always loved children, my brand is that I'm every kid's aunt Lucy and, um, I could put a story in there about, you know, I don't know, babysitting, you know, my first real job where I made some money was babysitting or, you know, I could put a little story in there. Um, The other is also that I started photography as an art and that I've always loved art and painted and took, um, Ceramics and all kinds of things. And when I discovered photography, I wanted to bring in all of that um, natural art. Okay, let me say that again about the art. So, the other thing I always want to communicate, whether it's on my website, on the About Me, or in general, is that I'm an artist at heart, that I've always been someone, even as a, a little girl, someone that wanted to make art and be creative and i didn't pick up a professional camera until i was in my mid 20s and it just was like one of those like ah oh, kind of moments where i finally found a way to um to express what i was always feeling inside as i viewed the world i painted some it takes too long i took ceramics it um well it's fun but um you know when things blow up in the kiln i don't like that I took glass, it cut my fingers up. I used to sew, I get impatient. So I don't know if I'm going on too long about this. I don't have all of that in my website, but I want people to know I love kids, I'm creative. And then I do put um, a little bit about my awards in a separate little section so they see that I'm also award-winning and committed to the profession. Um, But the most important thing when you're figuring this out, is that you or at least this is this is what I want to offer is look at your about me page and see how you can take out the word I as much as possible. I'm reading uh Jeffrey Shaw's book. He's letting me um pre-read it and give critique. Uh, and it's about being self-employed and it's gonna be a great, great book. He if you want to listen on my podcast, um you can go back to uh, maybe episode 20, something like that. Um, Anywho, he says in this book, um, most of the time when people are trying to express their value, they're actually bragging. And it comes across as bragging. And I know as photographers, that's not your intention. You just want people to know why what you're offering is awesome. So you can take a sentence like... um, I had lots of animals as a kid. I would uh, dress them up. I would, uh, I, I would rescue animals. I would something. I, 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 I. You could take that and say animals were really my first love and best friends. When I'm photographing your pet, you are going to know that. That all my heart goes into creating this for you. So I'm connecting the dots. Here's a thing about me, and then connect the dots, and here's why it's valuable to you. Um, so a lot of times when I'm working with coaching clients, it's not that their about me page isn't um, saying some some good things. It's just in rewording it, it can be more inspiring, and it. help people feel like you're actually listening and wanting to serve them. Alrighty, so point number six, or um, just something that I want to mention, there can be a time and a place to put your pricing on a website. What would that be, you might ask. So if you are getting so many calls, so many contacts, that you can't possibly screen them all, and most of them are not Qualified. So let's say you do an amazing SEO job and you're getting tons and tons and tons, and and most of your day is spent uh, getting on the phone or trying to communicate. And every time, you know, when you're doing your phone calls well, that normally when you get an ideal client on the line, that leads to a consultation, which leads to a booking, which leads to an amazing session and sale. So if you're fielding a lot, 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 Um, because, you know, however it is that you're getting a lot of traffic, then you might want to put a basic pricing starting at or something so that it reduces the number of calls. Um, For example, okay, so there was one time in my career when I did that, it actually was before websites and internet were invented, Um, but when I did bridal shows, I passed out a beautiful brochure and it had my pricing in it. Um, Also though, the branding on that brochure was so strong that you knew not only I was a significant investment, but that I was worth it. And because I was handing out, I don't know, 500, something like that at a show, I did not want everyone from that show calling me. I also, (laughs) I wanted to kind of up the community in a way. Um, so I wanted uh, my colleagues to see my pricing and such. And interesting, the next year after I I did my brochure, there were probably 10 studios that had copied my um my brochure and the way I laid it out. <laughs> so anyway, but what it did was I think it helped them understand that they could charge more than they were. Anyway. Now, if I were to do it today, knowing what I know now with 30 plus more years of experience, um, I might do it a little differently. I might, um, I don't know, I'd have to think on that. But I was a solo, I was not going to hire other people to work for me, and I did not have a staff answering the phone. You know, maybe that's what I would do is hire somebody to have a preliminary conversation if I was going to... Getting so many inquiries, um, I was always fully booked. I sent away more work than I um, was able to do so so that you know it made sense at the time. Um, but if you're not getting all the leads and more that you can handle with tons of them being not qualified, then sure, you know maybe put um, you know m- most people invest a minimum of this much for something nice for their home um, and leaving it open-ended so that people don't think you're too inexpensive if they're looking for quality Um, anyway so that's my thoughts on that and as I said I could be 100% wrong (laughs) for you I don't know your business but um anywho so let me see is there anything more on this topic (gasps) I think this is probably just about everything I can squeeze out of my brain. I have to say, doing a podcast and especially the solo episodes, it really feels like I'm squeezing stuff out of my brain. You know, the thoughts, the impressions, the um, insights. Uh, Yeah, it's interesting. Uh, You got to try it sometime. (laughs) Um, Okay, so thank you. Hope you got a lot out of this. You know, my wrap up is SEO is great if your website is beautiful and gets them to call you. A great, beautiful website is valuable, but if it doesn't have the sales psychology behind it, then either it's just pretty or it attracts who you're not looking for. And you can have all the sales psychology going on in your website, but if it's not um, beautiful, if you don't have a clear brand, it's not going to be as strong. So it's a three-legged stool. Let's see. The time that I put pricing on a website would be when I'm, um, I'm just swamped with fielding so many leads that I can't possibly get to them all and that most of them are not qualified. So overall, I suggest not putting pricing at all on, on a website so that people will call you or they'll fill out an inquiry and you can do what it takes to get on the phone with them and start building that relationship. More is not more with a website. And uh, let's see. And then I mentioned about blogging and I'm sort of on the fence on that because it can increase your visibility, but it can also exhaust people if there's too much, or if you just do it a few times and then don't continue. Uh, So I think that's it for now. Oh, So you may have heard this in another episode. If you would like some one-on-one coaching, I'm looking for some individuals who are portrait or wedding photographers who don't currently have a coach. uh, So I'm not contradicting what they might be um, suggesting for you. And I want to put you on my show. And so this is a very valuable opportunity to get Free one on one coaching with me and help other people at the same time. So feel free to message me, lucy at lucydumas.com. That's Lucy with an I, or go to my website, Lucy Dumas Coaching, and send me an email there. So that's it for now. Thanks for listening. Hope you're all doing well in your world. Um, you know, it's some crazy times, but uh, business is out. <sighs> I know it's crazy times, and so I'm just sending you a great big virtual hug and maybe an ice cream cone. I don't know how you send that one virtually, but anyway, just thinking about you all and so grateful that um, you keep listening and sharing this podcast with your friends. Um, Bye for now.